To be honest, I'm a little ashamed to say this, but I am one of the people who text in lowercase for the aesthetic. Hello everyone and welcome back to To Be Honest, I'm your host Grace. And I'm your host Amy. And you know, that statement was actually pretty stupid because like sometimes I text on my computer like when I don't have my phone nearby and then I'll go out of my way because autocopolize is on on my computer. I'll go out of my way to like change all of the capitals back to lowercase letters and sometimes it like changes back and I go back and change it again. I'm very committed to my lowercase aesthetic now. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting because I feel like even just the word aesthetic might be a little confusing because I feel like it's changed so much over the years. Like, yeah. back when I first heard the word aesthetic in elementary school, it was always used in the sense of aesthetically pleasing. So, like, pleasing yeah, to the eye or, like, looks really good. Whereas, basically, now aesthetics have almost become a type of lifestyle. So, it's like when you think back at Mean Girls or whatever, remember when, what's her name, Janice? Like, does all the introductions mm-hmm. of all the different cliques. And he was like, these are the emo kids or the goth kids <laughs> or whatever. And these are the popular girls and stuff like that. Like, all of those clips have a very definite aesthetic. And then it's like, mm-hmm. for example, the emo aesthetic. The emo aesthetic back then is really similar to, like, the e-girl aesthetic now. And when I was... I first stumbled across this Tumblr article a while back. And it was highlighting mm-hmm. the dark academia lifestyle. And if you don't know, this aesthetic is one of the main ones that people think of when they hear the word aesthetic. Like, it's really taken the world by storm recently. Mm-hmm. And it was basically this guide on how to follow this dark academia lifestyle slash aesthetic. So it goes, you're supposed to remain an enigma, talk less about yourself, and in social situations, make it a game, even if you're a rather social person, to shroud yourself in mystery. Ooh. (laughs) And if others show interest... Yeah, it's so dramatic. And it goes on to say, if others show interest in you, answer vaguely disappear at specific times, (laughs) reveal little of your background. When you do speak, speak in riddles or quotes. And it goes on. And other aspects of this dark academia lifestyle are, it's fashion. So this aesthetic often encompasses vintage clothes, elegant accessories, monochrome colors, more like neutrals and darker shades. And it also says that you should listen to jazz and classical music, as well as reading classical literature. Um, You should go to libraries, museums, bookshops, and coffee shops, and light candles. Even if you're doing stuff like writing, reading, getting ready for bed, everything done by candlelight just makes it so much more elegant and academic. And this is a cornerstone of the lifestyle. Which I thought was very interesting. Very interesting. Way too much effort for my taste. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Another aesthetic that I wanted to talk about is the baddie aesthetic. And I think this is one that's been around for like a very, very long time. And it just like kind of adopted different names. But it's like baddie or kind of e-girl. It's like the girl who wears a lot of heavy eyeliner, fishnet stockings, have like the LED room lights and everything, like kind of a gamer mm-hmm. girl. And then mm-hmm. their behavior tends to be like a little more reckless. And then they always wear a lot of black. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And on the flip side, there's the cottagecore aesthetic, which actually kind of boomed in quarantine. And mm-hmm. this is one of the aesthetics that I kind of find myself 
leaning towards a little bit sometimes. It has a very naturalistic and pastel color palette. It basically just romanticizes like farmhouse life almost where a lot of the key themes that come up um strawberries mushrooms flowers animals baked goods books but unlike dark academia which is more classic literature and very studious cottagecore is a lot more idealistic and fantasy and like fairy-esque yeah, and then, like, keep in mind, our scope is, like, kind of limited. Or, actually, like, I think these aesthetics only started taking life after the internet became, like, part of normal life. Because aesthetics probably existed. Like, people had fashion sense and everything before the internet. But, like, trends didn't really exist. Like, social media didn't exist. People didn't, like, share their fashion sense and stuff mm-hmm. like that with people around them that much. From our research or whatever, all we can really see is the aesthetics that have come up after the internet existed so like we mentioned mean girls right so all of those clicks i think they're kind of born from like the internet era i think what you were saying about social media brings up a really good point because a lot of what i was seeing when i was researching these aesthetics is that um these aesthetics Obviously, it's very difficult to live your whole life according to these aesthetics. So because social media, um, it's very easy for social media to just be a highlight reel of Mm -hmm. your life. You share what you want to share Mm -hmm. with the world. Um, It's very easy to curate an aesthetic, to curate a specific color palette, to curate your life. And I think that's when these really, really defined, um, really out there aesthetics blossom because no matter how hard we try and deny it in our lives there's like a certain amount of balance like no matter how hard I try to lean towards one aesthetic there's going to be like my house not every room will fulfill the aesthetic that I want to that I'm striving towards Mm -hmm. and not everything that I own is going to fit that aesthetic so in my day-to-day life not everything goes into the aesthetic whereas online If I'm, like, filming videos or taking pictures, I can make sure that I'm only taking pictures of things that match the aesthetic or that I'm curating my feed and putting in objects or putting in routines or taking videos of me doing things that match the aesthetic that I'm going for. Mm. So I think that just kind of, like, pushes it out there even more because it goes to the extreme of my whole life is just this aesthetic. Mm. Okay, this is a bit of a tangent, but I think... The whole social media talk brings up like a really good conversation because I remember I was listening to this podcast about the like hype house, which is like a bunch of TikTok creators and stuff. Yeah. And then I remember like there was a point that a lot of teenagers in this day and age kind of live life through like their social media lens, you know, like always being perceived by other people and seeing themselves as that version that they put online. So yeah, that makes me kind of think like are we making our personalities like less complex or something like that because everyone is getting their own kind of brand you think of celebrities they have a very definite like personality that they put out there that's kind of like us teenagers too um through our online presence like we put out this weird version of ourselves out there and then I guess we kind of live life according to that version we put out there as well Yeah, which is interesting because I feel like, especially in Amy and I's circle, like our generation, you can learn a lot about someone just by seeing their profile picture, their following to follower ratio, their pictures that they, how many posts that they have, and 
like the color scheme that they have and also their bio because in our day and age um people tend to put like what school they go to if they're in a sports Mm -hmm. team or like they put a lot of stuff like that in their bio and it's like a snapshot of who they want to put out into the world or who they want others to perceive them as yeah personally I can even relate to that in the sense where my profile picture like recently the last few years I've been really leaning into the yellow and the Mm -hmm. blues and I think my profile picture and like the um cover pictures on my highlights page on Instagram kind of reflects Mm -hmm. that and I think for someone who is going for a certain aesthetic there's one that I actually really want to talk about called that girl and we've brought her up in the past (laughs) um that girl recently resurfaced on TikTok I think and it's been a big trend but I think it's actually kind of been around for a while you can see it in I think the early early 2010s kind of like blogging Mm, videos yeah like tumblr vibes and study tuber vibes but basically that girl has like usually a white color palette and they're very getting your life together Mm -hmm. vibe and they're healthy successful looks their best at every moment wakes up super early at like 5 30 a.m in the morning um have really nice like white uniform polished nails Mm. wake up early work out eat journal write their goals for the day drink iced coffee um, and just like overall super successful and like a very clean vibe that they put out there mm-hmm. yeah and I think that girl is kind of similar to like the Amy who started this podcast who was really involved in like the mm-hmm. um, self-improvement she was reading all those you know, trending, like, Atomic Habits books and all of those things that things were supposed Mm -hmm. to optimize your life. And she's Mm -hmm. kind of fallen off since then. (laughs) But Grace brought up this quote, romanticizing the mundane things in your life, like making your own coffee and watering your own plants, can ultimately make those dreadful chores much more enjoyable. Which begs, like, a really interesting question. Like, why does romanticizing activities make it that more enjoyable? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Amy brought up the example of studying, which I really relate to. And I'm honestly not sure why this is true either. But I think a part of it, at least for me, is kind of the thought where, you know, watching study tubers, they give off a very calm vibe, like they're really enjoying studying and learning. And when you romanticize your own life in that way, it's almost like you're putting yourself in the shoes of a study tuber. And it's almost like you're imagining that there are people watching you also and that you have to kind of fulfill that role of, um, like, take on the bliss and peace that that study tuber portrays almost. You know, I think maybe part of it is because, like, your motivation for studying kind of changes. So instead of like studying because you need good grades and because you're really stressed and because you have a lot of homework, it's more just like you're studying for fun in a way. You're studying more for like making yourself seem more put together, like making yourself more similar to this like cool person you saw online rather than the normal rational reasons for studying. So I think it might be just that simple, just that you're studying for a different reason. And it's also, for example, like back to the that girl trend, I think Grace and I mentioned this in the past episode too, the idea of like posting your progress online 
and keeping your followers updated with your like self-improvement journey or whatever there are people observing you like there are people watching you and then you can't really fail when you're putting out that version of yourself you need to kind of live up to the expectation that you put out for others right which brings a really interesting question aren't aesthetics really just the version of yourself that you want to put out for others like aren't aesthetics really just for other people's eyes I think personally aesthetics to me is kind of defined by the person who I want to be and Mm. I don't necessarily know how much of that is exactly for other people's lives because I feel like a lot of my life is for other people well um yeah I mean we've talked about this in the past too (laughs) yeah and as someone who is a people pleaser um a lot of what I do is defined by others' expectations of me or what I think others' expectations of me are. And obviously, mm-hmm. like, that makes me want to put out a really, like, the best version of myself out into the world. And mm-hmm. I don't know how much that is the same for other people, but I feel like because of that, aesthetics for me are definitely defined like, in part by the person I want to be. And then I think that brings up another good point, which is, you know how, especially in our day and age, um, there's a lot of people who see, um, like, influencers or people on the internet, and they relate a little bit to them, and then they just want to become them. Yeah. I feel like that's aesthetics. So people see an aesthetic, and they see some part of the person they want to be reflected in that aesthetic and then they kind of just zero in on that aesthetic and make their whole life revolve around that aesthetic and I think one of the struggles one of the reasons why I didn't actually fully find one of these um, popular aesthetics to follow my life because I know that if I had found one of those aesthetics that I really really resonated with Believe me, I would have fully gone down that rabbit hole, just like how I went down the Enneagram rabbit hole, um, which is the personality test that I related to so much, and then I totally fell down that rabbit hole. But um, the only reason why I didn't go down an aesthetic, like a full aesthetic journey, is probably because I couldn't find one that fully reflected the person I wanted to be. I know that I was talking to Amy about this earlier, And between the two of us, I think Amy is the one slightly less obsessed with aesthetics. So that makes me want to ask, Amy, what do you think? Do you think that aesthetics are just the version of your life that you want other people to perceive you as? Yeah, I think I would agree with that. Because Grace and I were discussing aesthetics earlier. And then I realized that, like, I don't actually think about aesthetics that much. Mm -hmm. Which made me think, like, I don't actually think about my reputation that much either. Because, clearly, like, on the podcast, I don't really mind oversharing (laughs) anything about me, whether that be good or bad. Maybe I have too much faith in other people to not judge me. But regarding aesthetics, like, I did kind of relate to the that girl aesthetic. But I've never been the person to, like, get fully into it. Like, believe me, I would not wake up early for the life of me. The that girls who wake up at 5.30 a.m.? No, thank you. I'll oh wake up gosh. five hours after 5.30 oh a.m. Oh my gosh. Oh my yeah. gosh. Wait, that oh. makes me think. Because I'm wondering now. Um, generally, I think I put myself out there as someone who wakes up early. I'm wondering now if that's because of 
a predecessor of the that girl aesthetic because I started waking up early in grade six. I think that was before TikTok and the that girl aesthetic really became popular. But I wonder Mm -hmm. because I think the reason why I wake up early is because I started doing it in grade six. I'm not sure why. I just started waking up at like 630 in the morning. And then later on, I would always go back to that grade six Grace who woke up early in the morning and that was my aesthetic I was like oh remember how good that felt remember how much you could get done in the morning and that was my motivation Mm -hmm. to keep waking up early it was almost like Mm -hmm. I had created an aesthetic for myself and that's actually really interesting because a similar thing happened um in grade eight and earlier today I was just going through some old boxes of stuff and I came across a lot of the assignments and projects that I did in grade eight and a lot of the notes that I did in grade eight and all of a sudden I almost like I don't know if this is egotistical in any way but I felt inspired by past grace and Mm -hmm. like the grade eight grace kind of had that almost study tuber like love for learning in note-taking and really spending time in note-taking and like perfectionism but like being happy in her perfectionism kind of vibe instead of it like ruling over your life and making you miserable um Mm-hmm. And just really enjoying that aesthetic of like listening to some music and working on an assignment and like feeling happy and accomplished whenever she completed something. And because I was also like really busy at the time, I completed a lot of stuff. So I felt like a lot of happiness from that productivity. And that mm-hmm. was almost inspiring for me because I was like, oh, I kind of want to get back onto that kind of like. Love for actually spending time learning. Because I think recently I've fallen more into love for learning, but more of a like quick-paced way in where um, I like the process of understanding things, but I haven't been enjoying the process of like revising, reviewing, note-taking, and like that, cor- that corner of studying as much. And I feel like mm. seeing um, some of the work produced by my grade 8 self really reminded me oh, I had so much fun, like, with stationary and romanticizing studying and romanticizing this kind of, like, way of learning. And Mm -hmm. I think that it's interesting that I've almost created aesthetics for myself where it's not even the internet version of an aesthetic anymore. That's kind of... We had this conversation as well, but just as, like, how you tend to be the more aesthetic-following one out of us too like you're also mm-hmm. a bit more guided by people's opinions of you and then the mm-hmm. version of yourself that you present out there be- and then I think that's pretty linked to our want to follow an aesthetic so I think that does mm. contribute to the question like or oh, are aesthetics just for other people's eyes yeah I think mm-hmm. so too touching more on your tendency to put out a better version of yourself I think that's good as well because like it gives you a good reputation right because earlier we were (laughs) talking about how some people react in your opinion like a little irrationally to your thing sometimes like you think that they are a little over the top and then less likely to criticize you than if it was like someone else doing the same thing I said yeah (laughs) That, that comes from your reputation because that's how people view you, that the version of yourself that you've presented to them. Mm, yeah. Which is interesting because it, like, 
that whole conversation stemmed from um, a conversation that we had on the podcast last week in our last episode where I was talking about I feel like I'm overrated because I feel like people um, like would react differently if I did something versus if someone else did something Mm -hmm. and in the sense where they would react better if I did something than if someone else did something. And I feel like this kind of goes to the topic of, because Amy brought up credit scores after I said that. <laughs> yeah. And it's almost like, it's almost like we as people kind of have credit scores of the mm-hmm. people around us. Maybe not necessarily credit scores, but definitely a preconceived notion of the kind of person they are. Yeah. And then that defines what we think their intentions are. Yeah, 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 yeah. And like, kind and of think, the person's character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. I think that plays a pretty big role in how we interact with people because like I can definitely say like some people have had preconceived notions about me or I've had preconceived notions about other people and I think there's a pretty clear difference in how like I would be treated or how would I treat how I would treat other people according to our um, ideas of each other mm-hmm. yeah. yeah but also something else that Amy brought up was the question of our aesthetics a shortcut for an identity because out of the two of us I would definitely say that I am the one with the more wishy-washy identity <laughs> um in a way you're also not because like the version of yourself that you put out there I think is like a pretty solid identity like from other people's eyes right Grace is mm-hmm. the kind of type one enneagram caring she has her life together she's a good student she's responsible, da-da-da-da-da. It's kind of just like that star student and then very kind oh. and and doesn't have like a bad bone in her body type of reputation, which I would say is like a pretty oh, solid identity. But then in, in your case, yeah, <laughs> you feel like you don't have much of an identity. So maybe that's like the difference because like I don't think, I don't think that much about my reputation or like um, version of, my, of myself I put out there whereas you do but I feel like I have a more concrete idea of my identity than you do I guess so yeah Yeah, I think I like understand why people would go searching for a um, aesthetic if they're trying to build their own identity Mm -hmm. like definitely when I was first trying to build um, my fashion sense and like my style I definitely turned to the Pinterest aesthetic for that and Um, I would say, like, I definitely do have a more, um, like, I have a better perception of my identity now, but there was definitely a time in my life where I totally felt like I was just, like, no one, Mm -hmm. where I just felt like I was kind of a mirror who reflected the expectations of the people around me, and I was kind of just, like, viewing the world and just a bystander and didn't really have any of my own thoughts and that was in grade eight and that was when I first turned to kind of the study tuber aesthetic Mm -hmm. um and that was kind of my first foray into aesthetics almost I can think of like a a couple other situations too with like my friends a lot of the people who have like really definite aesthetics I feel like don't have super strong ideals or super strong like opinions on things which might just be like a generalization from a very mm-hmm. small handful of people I know but I feel like maybe they might just be using that aesthetic as a shortcut for their identity because when you think about it like an aesthetic really is like a, 
a template for an identity. It's like ways of behaving, your likes and dislikes, your fashion sense, your hobbies, like what you spend your spare time doing. I think aesthetics are very good for motivation though, because I think like we talked about earlier, it's kind of um, shaped by the person you want to be. And it's a very easy way to visualize that person you want to be. And it's a very easy way to visualize your goals, especially with um, that girl aesthetic Mm -hmm. or the uh, dark academia aesthetic it's a very good way of romanticizing like classical literature in the dark academia case and romanticizing like self-care books and taking care of yourself waking up early eating healthy Mm -hmm. working out Mm -hmm. for that girl aesthetic that's a good point so aesthetics like aren't well inherently like i think they are good right well maybe not inherently but then they definitely have a good side in what you're saying like it can provide a good template for the direction you want to take your life into if you're not too sure like who you want to be then you can just see like which aesthetics appeal to you which ones catch your eye which also like made me wonder which came first like the aesthetic or like the personality your inherent personality because like grace why you become an e-girl why aren't you emo (laughs) i think the classic answer to that a little cliche but it just doesn't really align with the person that i want to be and i think in my case um the idea of who i wanted to be came first um albeit it probably was a kind of blurry vision of the person I wanted to be Mm -hmm. and going down aesthetics kind of helped me define like what we said earlier a clear vision of who that person looks like what she does um how she dresses how she acts Mm -hmm. and I think aesthetics are good for that at least in my experience and in my case Mm -hmm. it's kind of like already having a small preconceived notion about something and then searching for aesthetics that help support it Mm -hmm. I think similar to like when you see a character in a book who you really relate to and then you just like kind of adopt their personality for a while I've seen memes about that (laughs) Mm -hmm. me too but I think I also read an article that was talking about how aesthetics can be toxic and It says that we can look at how aesthetics manifest to understand the toxicity that can come from them. Trends do not self-perpetuate, but they rely on traction, obsession, and most importantly, a cult following. Adherence to an aesthetic, therefore, often breeds competition. And in the case of the bullet journal trend, it was the one who had the nicest handwriting, the prettiest color palette. For the... Um, that girl trend it was about who could showcase their picture perfect morning routine in the most eye-pleasing way and I think that especially once you get into the whole um, using an aesthetic to gain followers Mm. kind of way it can be easy for it to become oh who is most that girl or who is most dark academia and I think personally that each of these aesthetics is an extreme way of a lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And if you're basing your entire life off of this aesthetic, then it's going to be very difficult for you to find balance in life. And you're going to strain to the extremes of some areas. For example, in That Girl, um, it basically outlines a very successful, like wakes up early kind of person. But I think if you take it too far, it also goes into like toxic productivity and burnout a little bit. So mm. I think like anything, um, if taken too far, 
aesthetics can potentially be toxic. Yeah, I'd agree. And also, like, in the little excerpt you read, I think a lot of those negative points just come out because of, like, social media and the nature of social Mm -hmm. media, especially if you're, like, building a following off of it as well, because then you're always, like, pressured to do it better, to do something greater, to do it better than your rivals. But then, Mm -hmm. like, when you just take the aesthetic for how it is and, like, don't take it to an extreme, I think for the most part it's good. I think I'm really lucky because all of my experiences with aesthetics, especially as someone who doesn't have a very prominent social media identity, <laughs> I say as I'm speaking on a podcast. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> um, <laughs> but no, and also I feel like just like my personal um, social medias are very, very, very tame. Mm-hmm. So I've never really posted about aesthetics, and I think that was a very good way for me to only reap the benefits of these aesthetics. In my case, the motivation and the romanticizing your life part of it, and not really go down the whole uh, rabbit hole that social media kind of takes you down when you're kind of using that as a way to connect with people or gain followers Mm -hmm. because I think that can be very tricky yeah and one last thing before we close off I found this other incredible article that talks about goblin mode and when I first saw it I was like what's goblin mode But speaking of the that girl aesthetic, apparently goblin mode is the spiritual rejection of the that girl aesthetic. Hmm. And the article has a subheading that reads, Matcha lattes, 10-step skincare routines, and Dyson Airwraps be gone. It's time to embrace the chaos made possible by goblin mode, the ultimate anti-aesthetic, giving the finger to the self-improvement movement. (laughs) R.I.P. You know, okay, but like... What if all these aesthetics are created by random companies to sell more products? Because, like, the Dyson Airwraps is what made me think of that. But, like, think of how many Dyson Airwraps must have sold after they become, like, trending. Which is also kind of a bad thing, too. Because now people are getting, like, more disingenuine personalities. They're adhering to this online persona. Yes. There is something to be said about fake it till you make it, but I definitely agree with what you are saying. Um, I think you're really onto something because I think there are different ways that these aesthetics are made and manifest. I think especially the that girl aesthetic, I can see a lot of brands reaping the rewards because as yeah. I was as I was researching that girl aesthetic, um, a lot of the pages that I came to were basically listing all these skincare products and listing the links for them with affiliate links. And I was mm-hmm. like, hmm. Um, I do think that certain aesthetics, I'm thinking more of the dark academia, light academia, possibly cottagecore aesthetics that mm-hmm. go off more like vintage clothing, more mm-hmm. thrifting kind of vibes. Mm-hmm. Um, I think those are less likely to have been started off by companies. And I think companies and like capitalism is less likely overall to uh, gain benefits from those aesthetics. But I definitely do think things like that girl aesthetic definitely plays into people wanting to buy things that will automatically change their life and make them that girl yeah and I think it's a little scary like the cult following thing and the social media thing how like Mm -hmm. one trending post can cause so many people to go and buy a product and then like start buying this exact same pair of shoes like it's kind of dystopian in a way just like imagine a future where like 
this random trend comes up and everyone goes and buys those shoes and then follows the trend and suddenly a new trend comes and everyone's wearing red and then the new trend and everyone's wearing blue <laughs> it's like i feel like there's definitely a movie with that out somewhere <laughs> or a book probably yeah yeah like we're all following the same cookie cutout trend of how the ideal person is supposed to be but we're all yeah. late to the trend because we're not the trendsetters yeah. <laughs> sadly Who is the trendsetter <gasps> Dun, dun, dun. The government conspiracy. <laughs> <laughs> so that's our conspiracy theory of the day. But if you have any crazy conspiracy theories, any crazy articles you've read, or just any thoughts on aesthetics, this episode, um, anything we talked about in general, you can reach us at To Be Honest Pod, and we love to hear anything that you have to say. If you want to hop on over to Apple Podcasts or Spotify and leave us a rating, it would be much appreciated. And with that, we'll we'll see see you next next week. week.